0: Thanks for dropping by on your Tuesday. We've got a game to preview tonight. The baseball team at FIU and more than a small, interesting side note to the opponent that we'll be giving you. We'll also give you players of the week for baseball and for softball. One guess as to who the American Athletic Conference pitcher of the week was. You guessed it, but we'll still have actually not highlights at Georgina Court because, well, we've given you plenty of those. And as we're replaying pretty much every softball game we replay you can hear all of our highlights on our channels but uh, part of an interview she did last week with Beckles and Retcher on WDAE that I didn't have a chance to present that I think you'll still find interesting also in our second segment a little more of a breakdown of the women's basketball tournament and kind of looking at the Bulls schedule and now that you can see how many teams made the postseason that were on the Bulls schedule I ran the numbers and It's pretty impressive. And again, once we get closer to the game, we will be able to give you more against Miami. In fact, we're closer to the game than anybody else is to their game in the NCAA Women's Tournament, if you missed it, 11.30 on Friday. That's when the Bulls will be going up against Miami in Columbia, South Carolina. So I said on yesterday's show that because South Carolina will be taking on the winner of one of the first-ever first-round games, which is Wednesday, that they would probably let that team get a little bit of a breather and play on Friday night, well, that, that guess was wrong. We'll be playing in the afternoon, our game first, followed by the South Carolina game, and hopefully sticking around in Columbia for the weekend and playing again on Sunday. So more on women's basketball in our second segment and something I didn't have a chance to do because we didn't do a show on Friday, present you some of the audio from Travis Trickett, who spoke to the media. This was last Thursday, but still relevant stuff that we'll give you in our second block. Yes, Georgina Coric in just a little bit, but let's start off with baseball. And how about Jackson Mayo, the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week? And if you're going to get Player of the Week, you probably need to have more than one good game, right? But he had one really good game. The interesting thing about Jackson Mayo, the freshman from Bowles High School in Jacksonville, as he did not have a start until innocently enough... A midweek game a couple of weeks back at UNF, the Bulls lost in that game. In fact, they got shut out. He didn't have a hit. Did have, though, several pinch-hitting appearances and a couple hits and a couple runs. Then in the series against Brown, again the loss, he went 0-4. for 4. So in his starts, the Bulls had not won a game. Not that it was his fault, but that was just kind of how things went. That finally changed in the win against Boston College last Wednesday. I remember, the Bulls had lost 18-8. to They shook things up a little bit on that Wednesday game. That was the home run derby game. Now, he did not hit one of the home runs. But uh, that changed on Friday night against Bradley. Here's his four-hit night as called by Jim Lauk, including a couple of deep ones.
1: So one out in the inning. And now Jackson Mayo getting another start in left. The freshman hitting 286. No homers one driven in. And he drills one to right field. Hughesman going back. That is gone. Jackson Mayo, first career home run for South Florida. A no-doubter over the right field wall. That one landed in the bullpen. And USF takes a two-to-one lead. Well, we talked about Mayo earning some extra time. This ball right down the pipe, and he just turned on it. And showed a lot of pop on the bat. I don't know if that cleared the scoreboard or not. It looks like it did. I think it wound up hitting on the top of the batting cages out there. Jackson Mayo to lead it off, and he swings through the first one, 0 and 1. Mayo hit his first career home run. Solo shot to right that cleared the scoreboard and landed on top of the batting cages. That gave the Bulls a 2-1 lead, and that's where we stand now, and he drives another one to right, and Mayo has a 2-for-2 game. Like very polished college baseball hitters, both of them just... A few games into their career. This ball's driven into right. That's going to be another hit for Mayo. And the Bulls will have two on with two outs. Ball gets away. Peña will move up to third. Mayo is three for three. An alert base running by Roberto Peña. Two and zero on Mayo. Fly ball hit pretty well toward left. Volk going back. Warning track wall. It's gone. Jackson Mayo has done it again. Three run opposite field. Home run. His second of the night. And the Bulls lead 6-3. to three. This guy is amazing. Two homers. Two singles. Brodell and Pena score in front of them. And the Bulls reclaim the lead.
0: Quite a night, huh? He actually was four for five but that first one, sailed over the scoreboard. And you heard at the beginning of the clip that his batting average on the season was 286. He ended up the night raising it by about 150 points to 421, added a couple more hits in the Saturday game against Bradley, and in all for the week, hit 500. Nine for 18, those two homers with the four ribs, four runs scored in the five games for the week, batting average now above 400 and probably in the lineup tonight against FIU, more on that in a second, but also wanted to highlight, and it kind of ties into tonight's opponent, actually, what Hunter Mink has been doing because he was recognized by the conference as well as a member of its weekly honor roll. You have player of the week, pitcher of the week, and then a five-man honor roll, which, by the way, I think should be seven men because it gets you nine on the field. But anyway, to get on that honor roll means you had to have a pretty strong week. He struck out nine batters with a win and two saves. Anytime you pick up that kind of week, you're doing good stuff. He got the win on Sunday because the Bulls, after he pitched the top of the ninth, got the walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. However, he also picked up two saves, including racking up five Ks in two innings. Here's how that went in that Boston College game last Wednesday.
1: Cutting through the infield, so that pitcher is going to be delivering into shadow with the ball coming into sun. Swung on and missed, strike three, and there's one down in the ninth. High heat playing a key role so far for the Bulls this year. 2-2 pitch. Swung on and missed, strike three, and there's two down in the ninth. One ball, two strikes on Lucas Stallman, number nine hitter, third baseman. He's a senior trying to keep the game alive for Boston College. Called strike three, game over, and the Bulls get the split against Boston College.
0: Hunter Mink gets his fourth save of the season. He was able to work around a couple of runners getting on with two outs, a hit batter, and a four-pitch walk. Funny enough, the very next day, he also struck out the side in a one-inning save, working around a couple of batters getting on, so he can even pitch out of pressure situations and Sunday was a different pressure as the Bulls had scored those three runs in the bottom of the eighth and you certainly didn't want to give it right back to Bradley and again two hits against him in the top of the ninth but he still got out of that inning he only threw 12 pitches and so those were his three performances ERA still at zero in 10 innings with 18 strikeouts and three walks giving up six hits And now we tie it to tonight's opponent, Hunter Mink, has become the closer, which has allowed Orion Kirkring to become a starter, which the Bulls have needed. Jack Jasiak was unable to pitch last weekend. And the last time the Bulls played tonight's opponent, Kirkring was the Tuesday night game pitcher. He did extremely well. Uh, Now the Bulls are going to have to go with Jack Siebert in that role, and that's fine. The Bulls did beat FIU 7-0 on that night. Carmine Lane had a couple hits, drove in a pair. Drew Brutcher drove in a pair, and Bobby Bozer blasted his first career home run. Kirkery went five and a third innings in that game and struck out nine. Again, he is now their really game three starter, but went game one this past weekend against Bradley. So FIU comes in. They came into Tampa with a seven and two record. Now they are seven and ten. That's right. The Bulls started an eight-game losing streak. Their Friday night guy has been great, but they haven't provided him any runs. They lost to UConn two weekends ago, four to two. Then got blasted nine one and fifteen nothing. Then they fell midweek to Miami, twelve five. Then this past weekend they're hosting Jacksonville again. Close Friday night game, four to three. Then coughing up the run Saturday, thirteen to six, and then on Sunday. This is no misprint or miss here. They lost to Jacksonville 9-4 to in 20 innings. I guess JU was going to stay and get that bus ride home late because this game started at 12 and ended at 6 and did not feature any runs after Jacksonville tied it with 4 in the top of the 5th until the top of the 20th. Can you imagine? Also, can you imagine what FIU's mindset is going to be coming into this game tonight? First of all, probably still a little bit tired. If you're curious, they ended up using eight pitchers in that game, and they are going to say, what the heck, and go with the guy that only pitched once last year and has not pitched at all this season, Christian Santana, a redshirt senior. He took his redshirt in 2020, actually started eight games back in 2019, but again, since 2019 has only pitched in one game. Went five innings. Not sure what the story is there, but the point is he'll be green. So pitching could be an issue for FIU. And you'd think the Bulls, especially riding the momentum for that comeback win over Bradley on Sunday, will be able to pull off another victory. They come in at ten and six and again their opponent has lost eight games in a row. No shocker, but it's the first time it's ever happened. And that is Georgina Corrick becomes the first to ever win American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Week five weeks in a row. She actually had some competition from Gianna Mancha of UCF, which, by the way, went 7-0 and last week. Not her, but the team. 7-0 on a California journey, so they are going to be probably rolling into town to take on the Bulls next weekend. But as far as the Bulls, Georgina Corrick fifth straight. It had been done by herself. UCF's Shelby Turnier in 2015 and Tulsa's Emily Watson in 2017 three starts four appearances four and0 oh, so she picked up the win in relief in the game she entered three hits allowed in 23 and two-thirds innings two walks in there one was intentional and in those 23 and two-thirds innings she strikes out 42. Her now ERA is .06, a 17-0 record. John Romano of the Tampa Bay Times posted a story this morning that's fantastic if you get a chance to read it. I said I wanted to play some of the audio with her interview last week with Jay Retcher and Ian Beckles. Here's a few minutes of that.
2: I think definitely is just throwing with a lot of confidence. I think sometimes pitching is one of those things that um, you get very caught up in your own head sometimes because it is everyone else in the field kind of gets You know, their moments, they'll get, you know, a shortstop might get like five, six, seven moments in a game. Um, Every single pitch is kind of a moment. And if I'm not attacking it with kind of the same fervor, with the same vigor that an infielder attacks a ground ball or an outfielder is chasing the ball down in the gap, like I'll lose to a a determined batter. You know, so I think this year, especially having Josie behind the plate with, obviously last year she was incredible, but just the amount of experience and confidence that she now brings um, to the field, makes it so easy for me to throw because I know that even if the pitch that she's calling isn't my first pitch, I'm like, whatever she knows, she's smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And um, I throw it, and nine times out of ten, um, it works out well for us. Um, so we just have this incredible defense behind me this year, having Josie behind the plate, and especially having the sixth be hot. I know I can go at batters with some of my best stuff and not be worried about giving up the occasional hit here and there um, because we do. We have the power to back ourselves up. And obviously, the more you go at batters, the the more successful and the more your ball is going to break. Um, but it can be really scary. You know, I've been mean, throwing at the heart of the plate and trusting that my ball is going gonna, is gonna to break and it's going to spin. Um, but this year, I have the confidence to do so, I think. Well, Georgina, as a former athlete, I realized as I was getting older how important scouting opponents were. Where are you in your career? Do you scout your opponents on a regular and a- As I got later, I found myself scouting myself, and that kind of helped me as well. Where are you with your scouting? Do you scout your opponents, and do you scout yourself? Um, I'm definitely one who's a little bit more of what we call like a field pitcher. Mm -hmm. We don't do a lot of scouting here. I'm very much of the opinion that kind of stats are just what other people have done in the past off of someone else who's not me. Um, So sometimes stats can be very misleading. Scouts can be misleading. Um, Because at the end of the day, the one thing that I know that I can trust is my eyes and my experience. Um, So... A vast majority of the time, Josie and I will sit down with the lineup and be like, "All right, this is, you know, their best stick. Um, here's probably someone who's got a little bit of speed on them. that's going to do a little bit of small ball against us. Um, but other than that, the vast majority of times we've seen, I've seen millions of swings. I've thrown millions of pitches. Um, a lot of times, Josie and I find it a lot more successful to throw to our strengths than it is to throw to their weaknesses. Because mm. sometimes their weakness might be my weakness as well. And there's nothing worse than getting beat on your own weakness. You know, so a lot of times we go up there and we watch a girl maybe take a swing on, on the on-deck circle or come up in the box, and we're like, we know what our strength is, and we're going to figure it out, you know, come hell or high water. Um, so I think that's actually been really successful for our game, is that we're not too caught up in our own head about what they've done in the past because they haven't faced me yet. And if they have faced me, I've seen your swing,
0: um, and
2: I probably know what to throw you now. Um, so that's where sometimes our experience and our confidence comes in and, and makes us a very successful staff. Um, because we're not playing to what they've done against other people. We're forcing them to prove what they can do against us.
0: Great stuff, huh? And again, that article posted by John Romano, where he spoke to her and Ken Erickson, really gets into how she has improved the spin on her pitches and how she attacks the strike zone as four different areas. And yeah, you might think what's coming, but she'll add a little bit of a twist to it. So she's pretty incredible, and she'll be back in the circle soon as the Bulls play tomorrow night against Niagara. Then they play two Big Ten teams back-to-back on Thursday night, including a chance to get back at Ohio State, which ended the Bulls' winning streak at 14. Korek didn't pitch in that game Sunday. I would imagine she might pitch against them this time. Jim Lauk is going to call that for us, a softball doubleheader on Thursday, since I'll be in Columbia, South Carolina, with the women's basketball team. Speaking of that, yeah, I took a look back at the schedule and how impressive it is kind of knew it was, but in retrospect, even more is more than half of the teams are in the postseason. We'll also give you a little bit of an overlay of the entire bracket for the Bulls, that whole region, because we were just so focused on their reaction to getting the matchup with Miami on yesterday's show, and some of Travis Trickett, as I mentioned, from the football side of things. Stay tuned for more Bulls Beat.